Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Sandra Clark. Sandra is the founder of LinkedIn Mentoring, a Silicon Valley company that specializes in customized LinkedIn support for individuals and companies. She's been trained in communications, social media, and has an educational background, and Sandra was Director of Communications for UC Santa Cruz Extension in Silicon Valley. Um, she now helps clients create and manage their LinkedIn presence through individualized workshops and coaching. She's a frequent presenter about LinkedIn at professional organizations and companies in the Silicon Valley, and she's working on her first book, Social Media for the Socially Reluctant. Welcome, Sandra. Good morning. It's nice to be here. Great. So tell me, first of all, why do people need LinkedIn coaching at all? Isn't it pretty easy to just get on LinkedIn and, and do your own profile? You know, you would think so, right? <laughs> but um, I wouldn't have a business if that was the case. There are several factors that play into why people need help. Number one, for most of my clients who are successful, busy professionals, it's just time. They're smart. They could figure this stuff out if they really took the time to do it. But, you know, they're busy doing their business. So coming to me helps them short, uh, shorten that process. We just get it done in a couple of hours, and they can move back to their business. Um, the other thing is, is people are hugely reluctant to promote themselves most of the time. You Interesting. Know, you think of the people who brag. Yeah, but, you know, we, we feel shy. I used to think it was more women than men, but it's just as many men who find themselves very uncomfortable about, well, how do I say something positive without sounding like I'm bragging? Um, and then the third thing is the technology of LinkedIn. You know, they keep doing things that are supposed to make it more user-friendly. Yep. And I'm sorry, but it doesn't. You know, they're rolling out a huge change over the next few weeks. And it's, uh, I don't know who it's making it easier or better for, but in general, it's not um, the users I know. Well, it's funny because I know when I first, I was an early LinkedIn user, and it was pretty simple. You went, you put up your profile, you put up a picture, and you were done. And then you accepted contacts or, or friends or whatever that you knew. And now there's posts, and then there's uh, you know groups, and there's all these things, and so there's new things coming as well. Right, and it makes it a richer tool in some ways. But it also makes it harder to use because now people are afraid to go on it yep. because there's so many things they might do wrong or not know how to do. So tell me, what are some of the advantages of using LinkedIn to market your business or yourself? I mean, we know that if you're looking for a job, it's great to have a LinkedIn profile. But how do you do that without looking like it's too um, kind of promo-ish and too, too much uh, kind of hypey? How, how do you do that? What's, what are the advantages and how do you do that? Well, I mean, there's LinkedIn was originally much more seen as just for the job seeker. So a lot of times people didn't do anything with it except when they were looking for a job. It is so much more than that. And in fact, more used now by sales and marketing people than by job seekers. Um, the big advantage to it for both reasons is for both types of people are, is that it's free. You know, who doesn't like to do marketing for free? Right. Um, 
it's also um, it comes with a kind of built-in credibility. So when you talk about how do you not sound hypey, and then I'll address that a little bit separately. But the thing is, you're connected to people I know who I respect. You automatically have reflected credibility. Um, the number of connections you have, the things you share, uh, it just automatically gives you a kind of credibility. And then the not hypey thing that you mentioned is that if you are authentic, if you talk about yourself from the point of view of what matters to you, it just reframes things. So if you say, I am a great LinkedIn trainer, <laughs> you know, but if you say, I love to help people look great on LinkedIn so that they can uh, explore the power of it to their benefit. You know, it's not about me now. It's about you. And I'm sharing my excitement about it and my wanting to share. So that, for me, is the big way to not sound hypey, is talk about what you care about, what matters to you. Well, it's interesting because that's true of marketing in general. Too often we have, whether it's an individual or a company or a product, we find out all the features and not the benefits about how it helps the other person. And yet LinkedIn has been so much about, here's what I did, here's my education, here's my job. But what you're saying is now turned into a marketing tool where we have to say, and that's why this is important and why this is important to me. Absolutely. And so what are some of the common mistakes that you see people make when they build their LinkedIn profiles? Okay. <laughs> Number one is their headline. Uh, LinkedIn, it's a funny thing, actually, because I sometimes co-teach a class for a nonprofit with trainers from LinkedIn. Yep. And we both, we both teach the same way, which is your headline should be not your job title necessarily. It might include that, but it should be a quick snapshot. You know, your name, your headline, your picture is three to five seconds that people look at it, give you, get an impression of you, decide if they want to look further. And yet LinkedIn engineers, you know, software engineers, they love to automate. They think it's cool, it's good. So they've automated it so when you put in a new job, um, president of XYZ Corporation, unless you uncheck this tiny little box or fix it later, it's going to overwrite your headline to the oh. president XYZ Corporation. Huge wasted opportunity. Your job, uh, your your company name is should be below. You've got this space to now give me a quick message about who you are and why I might want to do business with you. So that's number one, first and foremost. Um, and number two is the summary. No summary or very minimal or written in the third person. The summary should be your 30-second elevator pitch. This is. Can you hear me getting excited? <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> this is your place to tell people who you are, what you have to, have to offer, as if you went to a networking event and we're introducing yourself. Um, and people, that's where that modesty, they don't know what to say thing comes in. So they just leave it. They don't put anything at all. Um, or they do what's on the top of their resume. You know, uh, Linda is an experienced marketing consultant and founder of, you know, Yawn. Yep. And, of course, you are not a Yawn person. Right. Uh, so lots of things, but those two are biggies, so easy to fix. Great. Well, that's good to know. So what what are some of the tips that you have? If you had to give just one tip for people who want to be seen as a thought leader in their field and to use LinkedIn, what is it that we could do to really use LinkedIn to kind of build up our thought leadership? Okay. Um, I've been 
doing a lot of work lately with people on showing their thought leadership on LinkedIn. It wasn't a primary business, and then all of a sudden it started to be more and more people. And so there's different definitions of thought leader. And some people will say, oh, I can't call myself a thought leader. That's bragging. How weird is that? And somebody else says, oh, yes, I'm a thought leader. I, I want the world to know it. For me, what thought leader means is that you have expertise in your field and you want to share it with other people. Yep. So now it's not about bragging. It's about sharing. And what is it that you have to share? Do you have um, knowledge that people following in your profession could benefit from? Um, is it your clients, perhaps, that could really learn from you? You're not trying to sell them. Uh, you're not trying to uh, force them into anything. You're just trying to give them great information that will help them in some way. And it's that same thing about not being hypey or bragging. If you're sharing great information, um, now you don't think about it being, oh, I can't say that. It would feel like bragging. It doesn't feel right. It's like, no, you've got a, um, you've got to get that information out that, you, you know, that's important that you do that. So I, I'm seeing a lot of growth in that. And if you think of it in that way, it's almost like, you have no right to keep that to yourself. <laughs> you know, you need to share it with your community. So would you do that through posts, through updates? Are there new features that you would share information? How would you do that? Well, there are several ways. It, if you are a writer, sharing with original content is great and should definitely be a part of the whole puzzle. But for a lot of people, they're not writers or they're just too busy to write. But they read every article that comes out on their particular topic, and they know the best stuff. They might even bookmark those things already. That content, if you share that, it's curated content. So a lot of the time, uh, I don't share my own stuff. I'm sharing something of all the great LinkedIn people that I follow. And so people look to me as like, oh, Sandra's sharing it. She's already checked it out. It's worth reading. Um, so I'm short, shortening the process where I'm just directing them to the best stuff. And so just sharing, curating, can make you be seen as a thought leader. I sometimes get more visibility for that um, than I do for writing my own stuff. Writing my own stuff is hugely powerful. For me, writing is sometimes painful, mm -hmm. um, but I do it because I think it's important. And that is so much fun because it can have a viral aspect. Um, I share things on my blog, on my website, and I get, yeah, I get some views, not a lot. I share it on LinkedIn, and I usually get a minimum of a couple of hundred views, and sometimes up to several thousands. Wow. Um, and it can be for something I wrote a year ago that somebody picked up somewhere, started sharing to net, their network, and it goes viral. And I have no control over that, and sometimes what they share is like, oh, that was like the worst thing I ever wrote, but somehow it struck a chord. So original content, absolutely. The most important thing is regular. If you're not regularly sharing content on LinkedIn, this is true, I guess, of all marketing, but on LinkedIn, the algorithm definitely favors people who are using it regularly. Got it. The, al the algorithm in LinkedIn is stupid in that it only measures stuff that you do. People care 
what you do. It needs to be quality, but the algorithm definitely favors you if you're a regular participant. And that makes sense because if you just put something up there once in a while, you know, we don't want. I guess LinkedIn says we don't want you to, to follow this person because who knows when they'll post again. But someone who's posting on a regular basis, we're hoping is going to have some uh, interesting content and, and regular content and things that we might want to be finding out about. So, yeah, so I can see that. So how often should you update your LinkedIn profile? And I presume that we're not looking for a job because obviously anybody who's looking for a job goes and that's the first thing they do is they update their profile. But say you're not looking for a job or you're, uh, you have your own business like I do or you do, how often should we be updating our profiles? Well, there are several different answers to this. Um, one is regularly regularly being fairly frequently. <laughs> okay. And updates can be anything from simply uh, adding a new skill that you now have. It might be you've got a new client, uh, and, you know, that would be good bragging rights. It's sort of good cross-promotion. It might be obviously when you have any changes that goes yep. that thing. I mean, I work with people or talk with them sometimes, and, you know, they haven't even added in their most recent job. I want to look at here and know that what I see here is um, real, authentic, and representing you. Um, so it's also this, like, subtle way of staying in front of people's minds. So if you uh, endorse someone, you mm-hmm. receive a recommendation, you post something. Every time you do something, anything that you might call an update to your profile, uh, and people see your name pop up. They may or may not notice what it is, but they think of you. Top of mind is good, be it getting clients, getting a job, or building relationships. It's, uh, so uh, regularly is would be my answer, and what regularly is is going to vary from person to person, but probably more often than you think. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And if we can just kind of finish up, this is all fascinating, but what part do you think LinkedIn should play in just an overall marketing strategy? And let's say for, again, someone who's got a small business or a consultant, I think it's different than if you're an employee at a, at a company. But if you've got your own business or you're a consultant or you're an entrepreneur, uh, how should LinkedIn play into your marketing strategy? Okay. Um, this is uh, – I'm going to say it's a funny question in a way because I've been working quite a lot lately with marketing professionals and even written a blog for a marketing website. And you'd think that marketing people would know how to use LinkedIn or know the value of it. And it's funny. They don't. Um, (laughs) But So this is true for everybody. And this is true for people if they have a job for another company or they're working for themselves. It needs to be an important part of your marketing strategy. And a lot of people think it's not important. It's like they're doing stuff for their clients. So they don't need to take care of, you know, who cares? They've got clients. People know who they are. I see, I read a blogger recently. She wrote really great blogging posts. So I went to look her up on LinkedIn. She had a profile with almost nothing in it and literally zero connections. I don't understand that. Yep. But it needs to be there. So it needs to play a part. Now, how big a part is going to depend on the type of business and where your clients are. But I can't think of hardly any small business, except perhaps 
more craft-oriented ones, where a significant part of your business is not going to be on LinkedIn. You know, having um, those who ignore it, it's like not having a business card. Well, I find personally that if I'm going to have a call, whether it's with I'm going to have a meeting, whether it's with a colleague or a potential client or whomever, the first thing I do is I go to LinkedIn to find out who they are, where are they, how long have they been at their previous job, Um, do we have anybody in common, do we go to school together, did we work together at a previous company. So there's something that I can talk about, and it also gives them credibility. And sometimes I've looked at LinkedIn profiles that are just, you know, here's who I am, here's what my job is, I've been there three years, boom. And that's it. And I'm like, "Mm." you know, again, it's sort of like having you have the business card with nothing written on it. Right. So I think that I think you're absolutely right that that's important that that this is the way that people now go to legitimize people. Like if it was a personal relationship, they might go to Facebook and check out your Facebook profile. But for a business relationship, we go to LinkedIn. Absolutely, and simple. Like when I'm talking to somebody on the phone, I look at their picture on LinkedIn. Yep, because of my work, most of my work is virtual. Because I'm looking at the picture and I'm smiling more, my hands are usually going like crazy. I should have been Italian. Um, And I'm more (laughs) engaged in the conversation because I'm looking at them. Then when I see them or meet them, it's like walking up to an old friend. I already have begun a relationship with them. Yes. So powerful, powerful tool. And I I don't know why people neglect it, uh, but it, it just I think has to be a key part of your strategy. You know, people are busy, I know, but you really just can't afford to ignore it. You don't know. Yes, you might, uh, you might not be getting business from LinkedIn, but you sure might be losing business from it. That's, that's great advice. That's good to know. So, um, so everyone out there, go check your LinkedIn profile and look at it the way the world sees it and see what's missing and see what you can update and if you're putting forward the face that you want to show to, um, to your clients and colleagues and other people out there looking for you. So thank you, Sandra. We've been here with Sandra Clark, the founder of LinkedIn Mentoring and the author of an upcoming book, Social Media for the Socially Reluctant. So it's been uh, wonderful to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.leverage2market.com.